Halloween. This is the Horrorphoria podcast, and this is Shocktober. Andy Gilly and John Richards are watching and reviewing Halloween-themed horror movies. Is it good? Is it bad? Or is it a classic? Find out now. <laughs> Welcome to the Horrorphoria podcast. It is Friday, October 30th, 2020. It's Halloween Eve. We're celebrating episode number 83, also the end of Shocktober. We're talking about the anthology VHS from 2002, multiple directors broadcasting from our Not Betamax studios in Wausau, Wisconsin. I'm John Richards. And this is Andy Gilly. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> I do. You remember Betamax? I, I do Back remember Betamax. Hey, they use Betamax on our, our TV friends use Betamax until recently, I think, actually. <laughs> so it's always, well, it's always like thought of as a, like a, in a more archaic uh, yeah. format than VHS, but it's really not. It's, it was it was the high end and it just never made it. Yeah. It was like uh, HD DVD uh, versus Blu-ray DVD or Blu-ray. Ray uh, disc. You yeah, know? exactly. So it's and, just the format that won. And yeah, I know. In like <laughs> 10 years, you're going to see at the Smithsonian a Betamax copy of like The Wizard of Oz or something like that. Right. You remember back when we used to have to be kind and rewind? <laughs> right, exactly. So, so what I, you been up to this week? Well, I've been, it's it's still Shocktober, so I've been watching a lot of horror movies. I uh, took a look at Elijah Wood's remake of Maniac, which I liked. Mm-hmm. And guess what else I watched? I watched a Rob oh, Zombie movie. Oh, dude, oh, did you watch uh, Lords of Salem? I did. Nice. And guess what? I liked it. You did. I actually liked a Rob Zombie movie oh, that I watched. Boy. Okay, maybe it's because I went in with such a, with such low expectations on this. Okay. But uh, you know, it's it's got it checks off some of the Rob Zombie checklist. You know, it's got Sherry Moon Zombie in the lead of, role, of course, of course. It, you know, it, but uh, you know, it's missing a lot of things I really don't like about Rob Zombie movies, and he, and and it's got some of his directorial stuff in it that I do like. You know, I kind of like some of the cinematography. Of it. I love some of the cinematography. You did a really nice job it, on it. It didn't feel like, you know, like his other movies were. It's really kind of cartoony, right? And he he overuses color, like vibrant color. Oh yeah, definitely. Like this, he uses a little. It, it almost feels giallo, right? The way he uses it. And I would agree with you, yeah. But it's a little more. It's natural because it's in Salem, yeah, Massachusetts. Yeah, exactly. So. Uh, and oh the, man, uh, maybe maybe some of the lead characters are from a radio station. Yeah. <laughs> See that that. <laughs> Gives it a Maybe bonus, that was it. I bonus in mind. I don't exactly. Know. <laughs> I don't know. It was cool. Maybe we'll have to talk about it next next year sometime since our our uh, schedule is kind of loaded up for 2020. I would kind of like to talk about the uh, the remake of Maniac, though. I, I think that's a great movie, because too. Real, actually, I think the remake of Maniac, Elijah Wood's version, is perhaps superior to the original, actually. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's got a bigger budget and stuff, but I think it really delves into the mind of, well, and I don't think they ever call him Frank Zito in this one. They just call him Frank. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it really delves into his mind and explores like his uh, you know, mental issues and stuff a little bit more and what made him into what he is. Um, and I think it's... I think it's uh, in, in, in a lot of ways, it's a better movie, actually. Yeah, because back with our, our old format, when we were talking about multiple movies, you had seen it, so it kind of convinced me, and I saw that it came out on Shudder, so I watched it. The original it. you're talking about. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. the 1981. Right. Um, right. But yeah, I was like, oh boy, you know, this yeah. is this is kind of a rough watch, but it, it was good, I mean... Yeah. Yeah, so, and uh, creepy too. You know those mannequins and stuff. Oh, no exploding uh, Tom Savini head. Darn it! And, man. You know that That's was what made it yeah, awesome. It, it was that was pretty awesome. But 
All right, we'll get to horror movie news now. Vivica A. Fox is taking on the Ben role in an upcoming Night of the Living Dead remake. Um, <laughs> and, 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 hey, that role, which was played by Dwayne Jones in the original and Tony Todd in a 1990 remake of the film. Who directed the 1990? Uh, actually, that was Tom Savini. That was Tom yeah, Savini. Yeah, it was Tom Savini who d- directed that. Um, and I don't think this needs a remake, obviously, but having Vivica A. Fox in that role should make it kind of interesting, at least. Yeah. I, the kind of a role reversal, yeah, right. It would know. be interesting. I would actually be interested to see that. I, 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 I kind of am as well. And then, you know what I think? I might revisit the 1990 film. Uh, Romero did it because you know of the rights of the original film. Like we said, Savini directed it. I haven't seen it in a long time, and uh, you know, Savini actually really kind of subdued the uh, gore in it mm-hmm. uh, because of you know he didn't want to disrespect the original, which didn't have a ton of gore. Right, and uh, he went for more realism in it where he looked at you know surgeries and and things like that that uh, uh, medical textbooks to really get his effects down for that movie so I'm kind of interested to recheck that out someday here I wouldn't mind watching that but yeah and also what he did something different uh, the original is that the Barbara character was so subdued right uh, and just more of a victim but in the 1991 she was more of the protagonist right right I kind of remember that and like I said it's been a long time since I uh, saw that one anyway this new rendition starring Vivica Fox will be directed by Christopher Ray scheduled to come out in 2021 all right, uh, I'll give it a shot. Yeah, I'll check it out. There's a half-hour behind-the-scenes documentary about the making of The Conjuring 3. The, it's called The Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It on YouTube. Uh, that uh, has a lot of footage from the new film. I watched this last night, actually. How was it? Um, it's it's really kind of a cool... It's about a half, It's about 33 minutes long, I think. And uh, it, it goes through like the entire Conjuring timeline, You know, starting with the nun in the 50s and uh, going through to the Annabelle and some of the other uh, stories in, in the uh, Conjuring kind of um, universe. Oh, the spin. Okay, so the spinoff movies, because like yeah. I believe Annabelle Creation was like the first one, and then the Nun, and then yeah, well, it was a Nun for well, maybe it was Annabelle Creation. You that was like right. back in the 30s. Yeah, it was supposed to be in the 30s. You're right. So, in uh, this one, Conjuring Three brings us to the 80s. So, uh, oh, love the 80s. I'll be honest, I was falling asleep a little bit at the end, so I missed a lot of the good Conjuring Three footage, and I'll have to rewatch. It. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, but it wasn't was it was not because it was because it was past my bedtime, not because it was boring. In any way, it was really fascinating. It's really pretty cool, and um, I, I, I'm going to need to watch that. Uh, or you're going to need to kind of check this one out. I think I would. Yeah, I'd be interested. I, I tell you honestly, Andy, I'm not really excited about the third Conjuring. Okay, because I thought one and two were really good. Yeah, I, I thought. I, I thought you know I think these Wanniverse like spinoffs of of these antagonist characters is just getting ridiculous. Yeah, you well, know, the nun, they the, have the Annabelle, and it's just like whatever, man. <laughs> <laughs> they they've uh, now of course like the con they say in the in the documentary that they uh, you know the the ones in between that aren't the conjuring are kind of more often the uh, they're a little more fictitious where they try to kind of stick to the Warrens uh, records on the case for uh, conjuring one and two and for the re- for the conjuring movies now conjuring three is a, is about a case in I believe the UK where a guy actually murdered someone and uh, was apparently demonically possessed hmm. and again. Like I said, I fell asleep all of a sudden and catch the whole thing. But, um, but uh, so they're they're kind of sticking to that story and what the the Warrens investigation on that. So um, I, I, I don't I'm, know. I'm on the fence about. it. I mean, it's not that I'm not saying 
that I'm not interested to go. So I'm, I'm kind of like right down the middle. I'm like, well, yeah. do they really need another one? Well, the first two were really good. The first two were great. And actually, I loved the second one. The, the oh, yeah. Bill I mean, Wilkins. I love that about, one. Yeah. Like scares, man. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was really scary. So speaking of uh, Conjuring, Patrick Wilson will be directing and uh, starring in the fifth installment of the Insidious franchise. Oh, uh, wow. Scientifically proven as one of the scariest movies in a study we reported on last week. Mm-hmm. Insidious fifth chapter will be Wilson's debut in the director's chair. Scott Teams wrote the script based on the characters created by Lee Wan-El and of course James Wan directed the first movie. Yep. Uh, so the Children of the Corn movie we reported on last week actually had a very limited theatrical release. Jeez, week. go figure on that, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Two theaters in Sarasota, Florida were rented out by the studio to ensure COVID uh, safety protocols. Uh, if the film does well in those theaters, maybe expand into more. <laughs> JoeBlow.com uh, spoke to the producer Lucas Foster and he had this to say about releasing the film this way. It's a little challenging to release a movie right now, being candid, but we think the movie's really good, and we think people will come out if we can get the message out. So we're kind of trying it out on a regional basis on a number of screens and seeing if we can convince people that we can make it safe. Yeah, it's really tough to get movies out there when you're remaking a horror movie that wasn't very good. I mean, think about it. It was no, Children right. of the Corn it wasn't. really that good? It really wasn't. No, you're right. It was, well, you know, I've, I've always had kind of a problem with some of the some these Stephen King films that uh, they weren't very good and, yeah, we, and that that's that's changed in the last couple of years but uh uh yeah the original trolls of corn not that great I don't know this producer seems to think it's good I guess that's part of his marketing message though he has to say that. <laughs> well, he has to say he has that. money riding on it so <laughs> he put the money up for it yeah exactly he's, he's gonna want to say it's good uh news from Dread Central says that Jordan Peele will be remaking people under the stairs West Craven movie came out over 29 years ago yeah um, it's about some very creepy landlords with a main antagonist who probably has the greatest BDSM outfit in movie history. Yep. <laughs> so I hope Jordan Peele keeps that. Uh, Is he? You said directing or producing? He's uh, he's going to be producing. Well, he's going to be producing it. He might uh, uh, write the script like he did with uh, with uh, Candyman. Oh, okay. Just turn it yeah. over to another director. God, hey, um, anything Jordan Peele puts out until he like consistently comes out with something poor, I'm I'm down, dude. Yeah, no, I'm I'm very interested in this. I I love the original actually. It's been a long time since I saw that one as well. Uh, it'll be kind of interesting. I mean, landlords have been kind of vilified lately, you know. People in the stairs sort of justifies that idea, right? So, uh, yeah, I'm not against this remake at all. I think uh, I think it'll be interesting. I, I enjoyed the original, and uh, but I what's kept me from watching it probably again is is that it's kind of kind of out of date, you know. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's, it's definitely an early '90s horror movie, you know. It's better than remaking Children of the Corn. Nah, I don't <laughs> disagree with that, but uh, that's it for uh, horror movie news today. I got a horror movie trivia for you. Excellent. One of the directors from VHS, which we'll be reviewing today, Ty West, has made a few other pretty great horror movies. Can you name three of the four? Oh yeah, Ty West definitely has. Uh, I, I just like always when I'm put on the spot here, I can never come up with anything. So tell, just tell me. Uh, two movies from 2009: The House of the Devil. Love that. Oh movie. yeah, that's a good one. Cabin Fever Two, Spring Fever. That wasn't bad. Okay. The Innkeepers from 2011, and I think one of the most hidden gems that Ty West has ever done is based off the Jonestown ma- Massacre. The Sacrament from 2013. Oh, yeah. Okay. He also directed a segment in the ABCs of Death, which I was not a huge fan of. Oh, yeah. That's right. That was that, you know... That was extreme yeah. torture porny movie, and I was not a fan of it. <laughs> it was an anthology with 26 movies in it. Oh, it was. Yeah. It was. Yeah. That would, that would be a... 
<laughs> I, I, I actually watched part of that, and that's another one that I fall asleep during, not because... What did you think? I mean, did you did you get that kind of... I, I don't, and I was also drinking when I watched that. It was, uh, I think it might have been New Year's Eve last year that I tried to watch that, but... Uh, um, I don't remember hating the beginning of it, but again, I, I, I don't know. Um, I, I don't really, I can't really give you my opinion on okay. it, but, uh, yeah, I because just, I just didn't see enough of it. I couldn't, I tried to get through the movie. I'm just like, this is just gross, dude. Yeah. So, and, and we had talked about that before. Uh, okay. Andy's chainsaw plot. Okay. Uh, chainsaw plot, a group of criminal stunt video creators are hired to steal a VHS tape from a house. The house they break into contains a corpse and a collection of strange videos. As they watch the videos, they unwittingly become the stars of their own snuff film. Well, it's very, very true. <laughs> All right. Here's your spoiler alert. We're going to be talking about VHS from 2012. Uh, if you have not seen this movie, pause the podcast. Uh, go watch this movie. It is an anthology. Now we're in about 55 minutes. Come back to find out what we had to say about it. Andy, initial thoughts of VHS? You know, I, I remember liking v the first VHS uh, the first time I saw it, and I watched both sequels based on the fact that I really liked the, the original. And, you know, the sequels kind of blended into this one for me. I, I thought that uh, some of the segments from the, from VHS 2 were actually in this one, so I was wrong about that. Um, and But, uh, you know, this, this I think if I remember right, was probably the best of the three. I, I remember VHS 2 being not bad. Uh, mm. I think, like, that cult scene, uh, that, that was a little bit, ex like, too long for me. Okay. Uh, they could have shortened that up a little bit. But uh, but I, I like this movie. Uh, I read a review that said there were no really no redeemable characters in this, that you just hate every character in this. And I don't think that's the case. Like, the last guys going to the party were pretty good sports about things, you know? They they were uh, trying to have fun in this haunted, what they thought was a haunted house, you know? Yeah, they, they didn't know. I mean, they were the only ones there. Right. I think the person who wrote that review is maybe just like a bitter misanthrope. I, I, think, <laughs> I think they didn't watch the whole movie. I think that's the problem. And that may be true, because there were a lot of people, awful people in this film. There's no doubt about that. But I feel like there were some decent people, and I felt a little compassion for those guys. Uh, and and this girl who was a victim of her boyfriend, too. I mean, she's not terrible. Um, I was a little more affected by the motion this time, like, uh, you know, like moving around. I, I watched this I, I, since since the first time I watched this, which is, I think, right after it came out in uh, 2013 or something on Video On Demand. Okay. Um, I, I've spent like thousands of hours in virtual reality and I and maybe it's just that I have a bigger TV now or the lights were turned up more last time but the shaky camera affected me on this and, and like I said I, I spend a lot of time in VR so I'm not usually affected by that but it was a lot more notice, noticeable this time and I don't know if it was because the frame rate on like some of this wasn't all that good or you know they were trying to replicate like a lower frame rate uh, but especially like in um um, uh, what is that? That one called with the uh, amateur night? I, I, I got, I got a little bit affected by the motion of it. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I can because yeah, you have a bigger TV than I have, and you always, you have a much bigger TV, and you know, I, I could kind of see where that would bother you a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a little. Uh, You're just getting old. I mean, that must be it. Maybe that's it. I can't handle it anymore. I don't know. Hey, hey, but, but overall, I think you know, as as an anthology, it's solid. Uh, it's got some really good segments in it. Some good things to think about. I think the effects are good in this movie. I love all the effects. Yeah, they're all practical. They're they're 
they're really good. And, you know, I, I obviously it's got some, you know, uh, contrived reasons why they would be recording this like in any film. But I think you just got to kind of suspend your disbelief. I on think that. you got to do that with every anthology yeah. or with every found footage. Every found film. footage movie. Absolutely. I mean, uh, I don't know. It, it that didn't bother me. I was like, there, there's no reason they'd be recording this. But that, that kind of thing, you just got to throw throw that idea away when you're watching found footage, I think. I, I agree. I agree 100 percent. Now, uh, my I enjoyed this. Uh, I enjoyed the second one as well. The third one viral was, you know, whatever. It was a yeah. money grab. It, it, I um, agree. I, 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 this is like one of my favorite found footage movies. You know, I, I found something that. to like in every segment, in every single segment. Uh, there was something enjoyable. There were problems with it, but uh, in some of them. But there's also like a lot of enjoyment I got out of it. Like you mm-hmm. said, I mean these these practical effects were were nicely used. You know, there wasn't an overuse of gore. Maybe in the uh, Tuesday the seventeenth segment. Yeah, and I think you know that was uh, we'll get we'll get into what these are supposed to be. I well, think well you, yeah, what what we interpreted them uh, uh, possibly being. But yeah, man, this is this is a solid movie. I, I agree. You know, it's. I know we're doing Shocktober and we're talking about movies that were supposed to be Halloween, based around Halloween. The very last segment of the movie, that's it. But yeah. I think it it included it, it's something that that we I'm glad we're talking about. I think I think the whole thing had you know, as far as Halloween go, movies go, I think I include like stuff that uh, happens in autumn and and I think most of these segments kind of had an autumn feel to them too. It wasn't uh Tuesday the 17th? Uh, uh there's some leaves yeah, on the ground. Yeah, I, I mean like the the last one is on Halloween, but it's in right, southern obviously. California obviously because yeah. everything's green. Right. <laughs> um you know, they're the the second honeymoon one they're out in the desert. Yeah, true. That's um, true. You know the 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 opening one tape, uh, was it tape fifty six? Yeah, tape fifty six. Right, is, overarching. You know that's during winter time, dude. It's cold. It's right, snow right. on that's the it. ground. There's snow on the ground. That's yeah. right. That's um, right. I, yeah, it was really inconsistent on what it was, but I, I think that segment alone just kind of helped you know push this along. But I I'm glad we are talking about it in its entirety. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, good movie. Um, I agree. So, so it starts out with tape 56 and, uh, you know, it's when I, when I started watching this movie, uh, I was like almost going to shut it off because it starts out with these guys who are, you know, it's, it's almost like, you know, some sort of, uh, my my wife termed it uh, a sadistic kind of jackass that, that these guys yeah are, you know yeah they end up molesting this girl right and, and pulling it, her shirt up and like holding uh, restraining the boyfriend right and just so they can get a look at her chest and, and film it yeah and it's like yeah it felt disgusting that was hard to watch right and at the end credits i mean they they keep repeating that scene over and over i'm like dude i don't need to see this anymore and so i just shut it off okay so i don't really want to watch people doing that no but at the same time i do i didn't turn it off and maybe that was supposed to make us feel that way well, obviously, if you're <laughs> was, if you're a normal individual, you're going to feel uncomfortable right. watching it, this. It was really a disturbing scene and uncomfortable to watch, but I kept watching it. And I think that's the whole point of this movie mm-hmm. is that we're going to watch some awful things. Oh yeah, and we're gonna, but we're gonna watch them. And are we are we like this guy who has this massive VHS collection full of this kind of stuff? Where where we you know. Where we want to uh, want to see this kind of thing, I, I liked the idea of this 
guy who has a collection of tapes i think the idea like a sinister tape collection was a kind of a thing in the 90s mm-hmm. and and i think it was you know it's still around probably in 2012 it's not that far removed from the from the 90s right um i guess maybe even vhs might have still been a thing back then i mean i don't remember when i got rid of my vcr i think it was around 2010 but uh that there were consumers of this kind of creepy death footage and that they paid for uh, more, uh, you know, something more said, said something. Maybe I, I don't know. I certainly gravitated toward, toward some of that kind of content in the 90s, you know, like I, I com And uh, I, I looked at that kind of stuff, you know, there, there was like something forbidden about it. Maybe it almost seemed illegal too, you know. Well, and, and they talked about it because and that's how they explained, you know, every every single clip that we get, we get 50 bucks for this. Right. Uh-huh. And it's like, oh, gosh. But I think, you know, there like a lot of 90s movies have this idea of this person who consumes this kind of uh, violent imagery. And it wasn't like widely available then, you know, like look at eight mil- millimeter. OK, oh, yeah. that's 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 about that. The Tessies, the movie that we watch is, is about these snuff films that people are paying to, to watch. You yeah. Know? And um, obviously we have people who are paying to watch actually actual illegal stuff these days. But this wasn't uh, this wasn't that kind of uh, like illegal pornography that we're talking. It was like, you know, Tessie's is about snuff films where they're killing the people on film. Yeah. And people are paying to watch that. So there's this idea that people had these. uh, And and I know like Charlie Sheen uh, was rumored to have a snuff film, you know, and there was there was all this uh, all these rumors about this kind of uh, content uh, back then. So uh, I I think it's kind of an interesting idea. These guys are supposed to go in and and steal his tape and we don't know what's on it. No, exactly. They're you know, they they get hired or like the main guy. I forgot his name, but they go in there uh, and they know that. Like there's an old guy that's sleeping or something like that. they find he's oh, he's dead, dead. yeah he's like right. totally dead <laughs> right um, and why why they're t- again like I said you got to suspend your disbelief because why they're taping their VHS heist here is beyond me uh, yeah, it's, yeah I have no right. idea <laughs> I mean, well and again yeah you're right you have to put that out of your mind and right. like once you if when you do you're like totally you're totally into the movie because this this is our wraparound story but we're gonna go through this you know what we liked about this in its entirety so we don't have to back to it because they keep flipping back and forth you know it'll it'll be the wraparound then a segment then another wraparound right so and i think this one has some really good chills in it like when they're down in that basement and yeah. the guy like moves you know that's yeah that was a great jump scare you said there's there's some really good jump scares in, Absolutely. in, in every one of these segments yeah. i think almost um, but this one had some really good jump scares yeah and it was so subtle because the guy kind of looks around and it's just off into the into the corner and i, he, I think he was naked like I, he what it seemed like he was naked like a naked guy just <laughs> so it was a naked there. guy so i don't, I don't know if it was that dead guy, guy or some other person that was supposed to be in there but it was a really well set up jump scare and like the shot was really scary you know, there's this naked guy. I, I kind of loved when they kept coming back to it, to the wraparound. Um, like the the dead guy was he was just slumped over in a chair and then he'd be gone. And then the next scene he would be there. But the other guy that was there disappeared. Right. And then he dis, the, the guy in the old guy in the chair would be gone again. And, and he had died watching these movies. Right. You know, which which was an interesting idea. I mean, same thing happened in Tessie's like a movie so shocking it can kill you. Yeah. You know? Like, oh, oh. So, <laughs> so this this was good. There were there were some good things, obviously very disturbing things in here that I didn't like. But I, I 
wonder if the movie is by showing us that footage and making us that uncomfortable was trying to say something about who we are as as uh, people watching this kind of stuff. You know. Well, and I gathered. I, I think when I watched it last night, just to get my notes, you know, I gathered that this was representations. You know, this was kind of a brilliant way of bringing in subgenres. Oh yeah. For example, this tape fifty six had two subgenres. Home Invasion and Zombie. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. Because this is a home invasion. These guys, are they don't care. They're thugs, whatever. They don't care. They're getting paid for it. And then you find out that the dead guy is actually a zombie. He kills the, the main um, bad guy. Zach is his name. Zach. He ends up killing Zach at the end of the movie um, You know, by biting him or something. Yeah, he comes down the steps, and I I think it's implied that he's biting. He, yeah, yeah, because he he's bites got him that, like a zombie, the, the, and it looked good. Yeah, it did. It was I mean, great effect. Yeah, so you know, it was kind of each one of these have a subgenre to them right. or multiple. You know what I mean? I, I agree. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I think you know we can as we do these, we can say what kind of genre it fits into. Yeah, uh, because I think you have some really good ideas on that. Oh, yeah. and I didn't really catch that. I wasn't really watching for that, but I think it's a very good point. Like this. Is almost the entire any kind of uh, any kind of horror movie you like is is encapsulated in this film. It, and it's it's a really cool it. idea. It's it's a very cool idea, and you know I, I guess just to go back to tape fifty six before we move on here. Initially, I probably hated this one because because of that beginning scene and and how like disturbed it made me like just, you know, but I think this is actually a pretty good, uh, pretty good segment. And that's and that's what I'm talking about with each of these segments is that you'll find something that you like. I I, I like the fact that they spent just a little bit of time. Uh, you know, this is a gang of guys that really don't give a hoot about yeah. anything and they're willing to do anything for money and without consequences. So, you know, that character development you saw with these guys and they just, yeah, whatever. Right. right. And, you know, yeah, we're, we're going to get paid. We just need to find this. We're good. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I like the, you know, the, like the they're watching these tapes in the darkness and every time they put in a different tape, it's like, what is this going to bring? You know, yeah, I know. Exactly. Horrorish he- hell is this going to show us? You know what I kind of love, too, is the camera shot of them just kind of mesmerized by the TV. Yeah. Did you see what channel they put it on? No. Three. Oh, it was on Channel Three, of remember, course. That's remember, anytime you had, had a, a VCR, three or four, yeah, yeah, three or four. <laughs> it was course, on Channel Three. I noticed channel. that. I was like, heck yeah, they even you know, got that right. Like the shots, of the tape going into the v- VCR. Uh-huh. It was almost like you know the first time I watched uh, Faces of Death or something. It was like what, the anticipation of what you're going to see after <laughs> after this tape goes down in there. It makes that like winding sound of the tape going around the uh, around the cylinders and yeah. stuff. Yeah, exactly it, right. It, it's creepy, and and I think I. I don't give it a credit for uh, how good it actually is. So, um, so the, after tape fifty six, we move on to a, a segment called Amateur Night. Amateur Night, which you think fits into the vampire vampire category. I would agree with you. Um, vampire creature feature. So I guess. yeah, I would agree. So I, I didn't until you said that. I never, I didn't really think about that. I, I thought it was maybe a demon or a harpy. So they made a full length movie called Siren out of this segment, which I've never seen. And See, I didn't even know they did that. I should have watched that before we would discuss this. But uh, Hannah Fearman is an English actress. She plays the vampire, you know, harpy siren, whatever this uh, creature is. She's she's 
very beautiful, but very unique looking. Definitely unique looking. Yeah, um, she, she has got these big, eyes. huge eyes, right? And this isn't like a Lita Battle Angel or something where they're doing CGI on it. No, these, no, these are no, actually no. her eyes. Yeah, and, and the way she holds herself and moves and speaks and playing this character is just very off, and it and, and it really like bird like or something. Yeah, and, they, they called her a, a, a one of the guys called her a cat, and these were the most bro bros oh, I've ever yeah. seen in my life. Yep. Hey man, y'all just go get some drinks. All right. Dude. Right. These guys are and and they're out. I mean, let, let's just be honest. They're out victimizing women. Oh, I mean, absolutely. They, they're, they're apparently have the scruples not to have sex with an unconscious woman, but uh, they're pretty awful guys. You know, they're going to go out. They're going to find these women and and tape them uh, be, without their knowledge, tape them having sex with them. Exactly. Because right? so, the camera, the camera setup was actually like a mini camera in like the timid guy's glasses. Right. It was like, you know, like some sort of early version of uh, Snapchat spectacles. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> and this giggler guy's laugh is super grating. I mean, that just makes him an awful person. I think. You know? Yeah, they get back to the like, hotel and and like you said, two two girls come back with these three guys. Uh, right. One's the the what what was her name? I think her name was Lily. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. The character's name was Lily. Mm-hmm. So Lily's like this this timid girl, um, and and she tells the the smaller guys like, I like you. She whispers like she right. doesn't talk. She whispers. Mm-hmm. I like you. Right. Do you want to leave? You know, <laughs> and it, it's it's really kind of it's um, it's creepy. It is. It's very creepy. Yeah. The way she says this and her delivery on those lines is is uh, very uh, like makes your skin crawl a little bit. You know? Well, and so. you kind of get a vibe of who she is, the way she moves, because she's very sudden. Yeah, and, like and, I said, and, uh-huh. and stealthy, you know, exactly. Like I said, the, the way that uh, that um, Hannah Fearman plays this character is. It just, it's very non-human. You get a very, she is not like a human being at all. You, you, you find know? that out. Well, I absolutely find that out. But just the way she moves and stuff gives you the idea that there is something very off with this, uh, whoever this woman is. So, Yeah, they didn't hold back on the nudity either, male and female. No, that's that's true. Not in this segment. The, uh, there is. Uh, <laughs> um, so the, the main guy, yeah, he. he like he has the other girl completely passes out. And this right. guy, this guy is like going through roid rage. You know, I need, I need to have sex with somebody. Right. So he's, he's shaking her and stuff. And <laughs> wake up. And somehow this giggler who's sitting on the, on, I don't remember what his name is in the movie, but uh, who's sitting on the sofa is, is somehow the voice of reason here. And he says, Hey, you can't, you can't do that. You just got to leave her alone. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. How and that then works, it turns but. around like he's like the, the main guy goes up to her and he starts making out with Lily and the small guy goes into the bathroom right and then he peeks back out the other guy the voice of reason guy is yeah. like naked yeah sitting there getting ready to join in exactly <laughs> so and and then you know the the i guess the guy that's kind of the leader of them yeah calls that calls the uh you know the the glasses guy over and uh you know she uh, she obviously doesn't like these other two no and, she likes and, she likes that guy and i think right. she does she does take a bite out of these guys doesn't she 
Yeah, she tears so, the first guy up to pieces, like just right. eviscerated. Right, and it's a, another good effect. But is, is she like sucking their blood or something? I mean, she does the second guy. You does. see that, okay. you see it, and you hear it. Yeah, and okay. she rips off the dude's uh, unit and throws it. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That happens. So, uh, which was actually a uh, pretty good effect too. I, I mean, that was uh, made me cringe. That was definitely, uh, definitely a uh, memorable effect. So yeah. I was cringing the whole time. Yeah, I really love the final scene. So do I. It, it, it's just, it really is a nice cap to this uh, yeah. to this segment. And this is, I don't know. I think there's something. This might almost be my favorite segment in the in the movie. Just, I don't know the the way these guys kind of get what's coming to them, mm-hmm. and the way this ends, especially. Like, so she obviously can fly mm-hmm. and, and she you know this guy gets away from her he she he has she has him trapped in what like a stairwell or something yeah he and breaks his arm like he falls down and he breaks his was arm his, yeah it was his arm because you saw right? the bone sticking right you saw the bone sticking on and it, it's a compound fracture he's bleeding which was another nice effect it really was uh, and you see her in her full like her real self she's got kind of a like it almost looks like a scar or line down her face yeah, almost like a like teeth or something like, like yeah. another mouth on the top of yes. her, on her forehead right which was another great effect but like good. throughout the film when you see her at like the bar and stuff which I love that bar scene too I mean I've been in that bar at like 2am <laughs> you know in college all the everybody's drunk and you're playing darts or whatever and you pick a girl up and, and spin her around right, right exactly <laughs> so, so that was a great scene too but uh, during like that scene you see this like lying down her face and yeah. it's like what is that a scar or something well actually it's uh where she her head opens up and she becomes this you know monster vampire thing well you saw it's fangs a, yeah and she, she's still trying to get with this 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 uh timid guy yeah. after he broke his arm the guy's frightened out of his mind he's trying to get out of the stairwell and she uh uh she goes you don't like me and she crawls she crawls in in the corner and starts crying. So this guy, like, I'm making a break for it. See, he, he takes off. Right. He's trying to get help. And then all of a sudden, he's, you, you see the, <laughs> the camera go, whoop. Yeah, like he's up, up in, in the air. air. I mean, this is a great ending. I, I love the man. ending. It looks he's, good. He's, she's flying off with him, obviously, and his glasses fall off, tumble down to the earth. Yeah, but do you see the claw? Like, he it, looks, you, you he can. Looks, you, you do. You, you, see, you see it. claws you see into claw his marks chest. Into his chest. It's, it's, just, it's fantastic. And he kind of looks up and you see these wings. Right. And the first time you see it, it's shocking. Yeah. You know, it's like, what? You what do not you expect that. But you know? see, then again, that's, and you brought up like a demon. And I, Mm-hmm. I, I see where you you got that, but I mean, the vampire lore—they can turn into bats. No, I, I agree. I think that might be what she is as a vampire, and, and I we should watch Siren sometime because uh, I think that probably delves into this character a little bit more. That's that a problem be. with this. Uh, the one problem with this movie is that in any anthology, actually, is the the character development. You kind of have to uh, imply some things. That's another thing I think this movie does really well, and obviously not in every segment, but there's some characters in this movie that it just gives you enough, you know, in the time that it has to really make you think about what's going on here. Yeah. And and obviously, 
you know, this this led to a full length feature film, which which is, uh, you know, I think the desire for that, you know, the desire that the, that build is is based on what you what you're thinking about what's going on here. It's the exact conversation we're having here. It's like, who is this person? What is this about? What you know what? I want to know more about the this character, you know, so I think they did a really good job in some of these segments. Not all of them. I mean, uh, not every one of them is some of them are just like generic characters and you, you don't really know anything about them. But in this one, especially, I think they they gave you enough information about who this you know woman is that it it, it just makes you want more. You know, yeah. which I, which I Sir, think is great. Siren came out in 2016, by the way. I was looking that up. Okay, yeah. But yeah, that. Um, yeah, I, I didn't have any problems with the char- character development in any of these. Okay. Because, I, I mean, I wasn't too invested because it was the way they did this, you know, with the wraparound. Like most wraparounds, and, and the hard thing to do with an anthology is wrap it around to, for all to be cohesive. Right. This didn't need to do that. I, I didn't they they that. explained a way that, well, they don't know what the tape they're looking for. Uh, the guy, the guy in tape fifty six says, "Well, you'll know it when you see it." Right. Yeah. Which you gather at the end of this that they were the tape. Right. They were. I they agree. were tape yeah. fifty six. They they right? were the tape. Yes, exactly. So that's what that's what this guy wanted. It's yeah, just, exactly right. So you know everything was filmed. You know they have all these other tapes and they they have no idea. So that that's why they pick up all of them. Exactly. Um, so we the the, the the then we move on to second honeymoon, second honeymoon, <laughs> which uh, so Sam and Stephanie are out and it kind of starts out and they're you know going on their honeymoon obviously or whatever and through the Southwest like you said it's got some pretty good cinematography of of the desert. Oh, I loved it. Well, what about yeah. when they went to uh, the Grand Canyon? That yeah, was gorgeous. That was beautiful and it was a really cool area where they went where they went down like into that. Uh, thing where you know they were like a crevice like where a you crevice could, yeah. you could barely fit through right it kind of gave me anxiety because i don't like heights right and it, but watching it I, I was like "Ooh, man i got that kind of yeah. and then and then uh sam kind of uh, you know disappears for a while so you don't know if he's falling over the edge <laughs> or whatever well she, he, she said did you fall yeah um and he didn't go that far. He said, oh, no, I heard some lady, you know, where we're at. She's way over here. And she was having a cell phone conversation. And I think Stephanie was uh, there was some wishful thinking by Stephanie that maybe did fall over the edge. I don't know. Well, you got that vibe. And again, this is <laughs> like when you talked about character development and you want to get to know a background, you learned really quick that this was a married couple because oh, yeah. uh, Sam had the, the wedding ring. on. Oh, yeah. Stephanie did not. So there was there was obviously some sort of tension there and you felt it right. from the very beginning i there was absolutely some tension and i i really liked the tension that they built up between these two something's happened between these two that creates uh you know a real there's a rift between them and you know i think every relationship has some things or events that are kind of unforgiven or whatever uh and, and you don't necessarily ever bring them up you know, and obviously this money thing between them. Go ahead. Well, no, Ty West, it, um, he directed this. Okay. So, so I, I love that. Did you listen to a lot of the dialogue? Yeah. Because like she sees the donkey, right? Mm-hmm. So she goes up and she pets the donkey and Sam's like, well, and it makes a big deal about it. Are you going to wash your hands? Yeah, Are you going right. to wa- You better wash your hands. She goes, no, I think I'm going to eat first. Then I'll wash my hands. <laughs> Yes, you know, like to that's me, true. The dialogue was so good because it gave you an idea that 
you know, she's pulling out of this relationship. He, this guy is freaking clueless that he that she doesn't want to be with him anymore. That's a, that is that is very correct. You're right. I kind of forgot about that donkey scene. But yeah, you're you're absolutely right. She's kind of antagonizing him throughout the whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. Like, or when he's looking at cowboy boots, she was honest with him. No, you wouldn't look good in cowboy boots. <laughs> That's right. That's right. She did tell him that. Yeah. Well, I made, how about a cowboy hat? Well, yeah, I guess you'd look good in a cowboy hat. <laughs> So, yeah, you know, when this money is missing, Sam gives her a real hard look like it's a like it like he looks at her for like an uncomfortable amount of time. You know, that, yeah, and that expression is great yeah. that expression. The actor who did who played Sam was awesome at that. Mm-hmm. He just stares at her like he's burning up inside about about this missing money. And he says, uh, well, this wouldn't be the first time you treated yourself. Yeah, exactly and right. The way he said it, I, yeah. I can't even do it with the inflection that he said because he did it so perfectly. Yeah. But I thought that was a great, great scene. Just showed real tension between, I mean, it was genuine tension between them, you know? Yeah, because this guy is so controlling because there, there's also a scene where, you know, Sam has the camera. Right. And... He's he's like really forcing himself upon what's her name? Uh, Stephanie. Stephanie. Yeah. Forcing himself. You know, it's like, "Ooh, oh, yeah. hey, keep keep the sweatshirt off." Oh, okay. Oh yeah. But but then it got so uncomfortable because he kept bringing it up. He and, he, he, and she he, goes, he, "She submits. She goes, "Hey, listen, we can do this, but you need to turn off the camera." Right. And, exactly. And it it went on like too it, long. It, very much too long. Like he was at first it seemed like he was joking around and he took it he took it uh, about you know, the first sentence might have been, you know, you could play it off as a joke, but he just went on and on with it where he was really trying to manipulate her into making some kind of video she didn't want to make. And yeah, he's a, he's obviously a dick, you yeah, know, he, he told, <laughs> totally. Yeah. Oh my God. He, he, you know, he has some sort of entitlement with her. I think, you know, in, I obviously he's trying I, to make a porno. This wasn't my favorite, but I like the twist of it. I and, did too. And this is, I, I think liked, this is a really good one. I like the um, uh, I like the introduction of of the stra- the hooded stranger, right? You know the stalker, right? The, you know the, here, here's your subgenre right here. You know the stalker. Um, you know, I guess it was a girl because you never see the conversation. She knocks on the hotel door, um, and then Sam tells Stephanie that you know, hey. Uh, she she's got the camera and Sam's telling her the story of well she just needs a ride tomorrow I don't understand why she wouldn't wait till tomorrow as somebody's getting in their car to get a ride I know there's a lot of drugs around here I don't want to talk about it anymore so here's the mm-hmm. controlling guy coming mm-hmm. out coming out again right and then sure enough they go to bed or no 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 they film her like she's leaving or whatever yeah. they go to bed somebody picks up the camera yeah this is a great scene oh I love this where she's filming at night and she pulls back the covers on, on Stephanie Stephanie yeah and you really think Stephanie is being victimized here yeah exactly because she has this switchblade and she pulls yeah. out the switchblade and kind of drags it across her, her, her butt, leg you know? yeah and, and uh, she's you know got these panties on which you know Sarah said those are definitely not sleeping panties but uh so I don't know what sleeping panties are but uh, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, anyway it's kind of this like sexual uh it, it almost seems like Stephanie's being sexually victimized yeah but you get the is, vibe that it's a guy you definitely get it get the vibe that it's a guy so she goes or sorry spoiler <laughs> right um, <laughs> we this, 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 this soccer goes into the bathroom does something great He's he she is the one that steals the money and puts <laughs> Sam's toothbrush in the toilet and so, I I almost vomited him so, I was like 
So this is kind of a this is like a uh, urban legend from the 90s, you know, that these people went on this vacation and they they went into the uh, to this uh, uh, motel. They go get their uh, get their pictures developed because you had to get your pictures developed back then. Right. And when they when the pictures come back, there's like these people in their room. They've taken pictures of them sleeping. They've put their uh, their toothbrush in the toilet and stuff yeah. like that. But it's a really great like uh, like depiction of that urban legend. And, right. and I loved it. it. It doesn't matter that it's not original. It's, it's a creepy, creepy scene. I loved it. And and the kill in this. Oh, is my great. God. It was so good. I did not really see it coming even the second no. time here. No, you because know, it was like so sudden. Yeah. And, and you you kind of think should, that maybe this person is going to slash him across the throat, but stabs him right up underneath right the there. Uh, jaw. You can like, yes, you can see the knife in his mouth, yeah. which was fantastic. I love this. I love this kill in this. It's just bloody it, and shocking. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Ex- it was very exact of the that first scene when that person is stalking, you know, and rubbing the knife on on um, Stephanie's butt. Washing hands. Yeah. Stephanie has the camera. Right. It's her lover. It's her lover. And she's female. It's not a man. Yeah. So the ending, I I think it's fine. I think, you know, it's less problematic than the ending to high tension, for instance. I don't think this is trying to say that if your wife has some lesbian female friend, she's going to end up slaughtering you or or anything like that. You know, Uh, I think the shocking thing here isn't the girlfriend or whatever. It's that Stephanie is involved in this, you know. So again, and I liked that, you know, and I think when you talked about the critic that didn't like this probably watched it until this yeah maybe you know and and i i think you can like high tension really has a problematic uh plot with uh with uh, with this lesbian lover that this person has in high tension if you watch that movie i don't i don't see that being a problem here because like i said i think the shocking thing isn't that it's her girlfriend it's that Stephanie's involved in this. Yeah, that, it, that Stephanie is a co-conspirator is, to this. Yeah, exactly right. You know, and that, and then you go back and you think about all the other things that, and you can see why maybe she was driven to this. You and know? I, I love the shots of the road as they're oh, driving, yeah. and then the last line is, "Did you erase it?" Yes. I went, Boom. That was it. <laughs> that was like great. a nice little bow on that one. Right. This this is great, man. Oh. So uh, Tuesday the seventeenth, which is uh, a slasher, a slasher genre. I agree. Yeah. Slasher subgenre. So Tuesday the seventeenth just happens to be the date uh, that the Tuesday would be after Friday the 13th. Uh, so so that, that's, that's an homage, obviously, yeah. and the camp setting and all that <laughs> right. other kind of stuff. Right, right, exactly. That's faceless or yeah. it's got some sort of mask on. Yeah, you know, I, I think a lot of people find this one to be the weakest. Uh, I do. I, but do. I actually, like the kills in it, though. I think the kills, yeah. It, it, you liked the kills in it? I, I love the kills I think in the it. kills in this one are, are pretty good. Uh, I like the digital glitch guy. Yeah. I thought that was kind of had a scary vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I thought the glitch was kind of scary the way it like sounded when it with the sound dropped out and stuff. I, I thought it really had a here's where the a, character effect. Uh, the, the, the problem I had with the character development, our main character, um, she had she had been a victim of this slasher before. So she brought her friends out there right. to, to get proof or to, as bait. Yeah, exactly right. So she can get proof of so she this is really right. This is really what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, why? <laughs> yeah, apparently nobody believed her, and maybe people were accusing her of doing some of it. And I think they were. Yeah. I think she implied that people were accusing her of doing some of this. Yeah. So she was trying to get video of that. Um, oh, and she did. And there was. Then you know, there's another kind of creepy thing I found was like the flashes to dead to the, her dead when, friends. Yeah, when it glitched, or somebody be floating in the right, and it kind whatever. of predicted the future too. Yeah. You know, so you know, and that's like. 
it's the flying erase head. Remember, like how if you ever camcorded something, it would kind of like rainbow into the next scene and show you what was left on the tape from previously, you know, and that's kind of what they're doing here. Right. Uh, which which I thought was was pretty cool. I, I think the end of this was a little Looney Tunes with the chase with the bear trap and everything. Uh, that was a little weak. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, so basically, she she caught Glitch Guy in this trap. Um, this this. Could like a almost like a bear trap, and he runs into it. Yeah, well, she got him in a bear trap, and he got out of that. And then there was like a like, almost like when you stand stand on a rake in your yard, yeah, it comes up and hits you in the face. Yeah, and it's just covered with spikes. Uh huh. And and he's digital glitch guy, so he's not gonna die. Right. <laughs> he disappears. He's in the tree. Ends up killing her. I kind of like that kill though. It was it was a it was a good kill. <laughs> Beats her with the camera, dude. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. And then yeah. disembowels her and just pulls. I, I thought it was a little overuse of gore, so it got a little too, not cartoony, but just a little too, not gory. It, it didn't bother me, the gore, but they just, they kind of went, hey, let's go hog wild on yeah. this one. So, uh, it, you know, obviously I watched this with Sarah. Sarah's, uh, you know, does surgery. Yeah. And she said there this, this uh, gutting was... Uh, Kind of took her out of the movie. It wasn't too realistic, I guess. Yeah, since she's it, it she's cut like up it. thousands of bodies. Sure, she would know. <laughs> but, but uh, um, you know, I I, I think uh, there are some there there are some pretty good kills in this. Um, and you know, Wendy, I, it's it is just like a slasher where you have these people who've kind of done something to deserve it. I guess Samantha is kind of a uh, you know uh, stuck up. And yeah. uh, uh, Joey is kind of a um, a jerk or whatever. He's a jock. Hey, once they bang. once they smoke the drugs, I don't do drugs. Are you yeah. doing drugs? Yes, that's right. yeah, they did. That's yeah. right. I forgot about that. Yeah, they smoked they the marijuana, and that, that, well, that you know that, the, the that innocent guy. Up. They they peer pressure him in, and he ends up getting killed because he he. he Smoked drugs. I didn't think about that. That's that's totally true. That's completely what happened there. That and Wendy has to die because obviously she you know brought her friends here to oh yeah uh, kill them. So I I, don't know. I I thought for a second and it would have been really dumb if she got away though. No, I agree. So you know that that one was probably not my favorite either, but uh, I thought it had some things to like. Uh, the sick thing that happened to Emily when she was younger. Oh, this is God. kind of a precursor to Unfriended. Yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, uh, they did they did exactly the and with the short amount of time, the slow burn within a short amount of time, which I loved a, a part of this. It's all via Skype, yes. all via Skype. Right, it is. And so it's tech horror, I guess, is what we yep. call this. <laughs> so again, apparently this is a genre that's huge in Russia. Like there's all sorts of unfriended clones in Russia. Oh, wow. Uh, so tech horror is, is one of their favorite genres over there. Well, yeah, it's popular now. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, uh, I, I think the twist at the end of this was OK. It's not like M. Night Shyamalan or anything. It was, dumb. But, uh, it was so dumb. Yeah. <laughs> I don't the, know. The only thing. See, here's what I really liked about it is. I liked the jump scare. This this had so many jump scares in it, and it like was brilliant because I've never jumped that much. Because it, when I watched it, I did the same thing, and it had been a while since I've seen this. But there are ghost kids, and that's the creepiest thing: kids as ghosts, and you're like, oh, and you see them for real. So basically, this gal, she's somewhere. Her boyfriend is supposed to be in Michigan. And 
and oh, the other thing is when she's digging to her arm and she lifts it up in front of the camera and there's a big hole. I just feel this thing. I can feel this lump. And he's like, dude, don't do that. Yeah, I really I really thought his uh, reaction to that was inappropriate. He seemed a lot less concerned about her than than he should have been. And obvi- obviously he was concerned about the tracker that was in her arm. Yeah. Not not about necessarily her health. Right. In that scene. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I I agree. This this has some of the creepiest imagery in it as far as the story goes it might be one of the weaker ones though i Mm. i think i i did love the imagery it was it was like the that whole scene with all the all the kids and stuff and the kid the the initial kid itself that ran in and out of the ran in and shut the door that was that was terrifying not almost Yes. Crap your pants. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the great jump scare, well set up. And, and the, you know, the image of the kid, like it shocks you enough that, that it's, oh, it's terrifying. Oh, shoots off electricity like, yeah. like the second time and it goes. Yeah. Like Baraka. Right. From Street Fighter. Like Baraka, yes. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's uh, you know, it's got some really creepy, scary imagery and, and presented through that Skype. Yeah. interface or whatever it's it's really effective yeah um and i think you know the twist at the end that fact that he's doing this to other women is kind of a nice touch the, f- the fact that he was in the apartment yes that that was that, brilliant that like was, he comes running pretty, out he like he's in some other room he comes running out yeah and he cuts a, like a baby alien out of her exactly and like, this mm-hmm. really got stupid yeah well, because the aliens are talking to him well you can't keep doing that to her mm-hmm. you know oh we can get her fixed up now i know somebody and it calls her back. Is it, all of a sudden it's like, well, I'm crazy. I'm on anti uh, depression, and I'm I'm on all these medications. Right. The doctor that he sent her to diagnosed her with mental illness. Yes, exactly. You know, right. Because uh, she thought he'd done this to her before. Yeah. You know, obviously he'd done this to her before. And, um, and the segment wraps up where he's talking to another girl. She flashes her boobs to him, just like. She the the previous girlfriend did at the beginning of this one, yeah, and he eggs her on to do it. So he's that's like what he's something he's getting out of this. Yeah. So it's it's really creepy. <laughs> I I I liked this segment as well. It's it's just probably not one of the the best ones. I like the very end of it. I mean, it, mm-hmm. like throughout the 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 reveal was kind of dumb, but the fact mm-hmm. that he continues to do it, I went, ooh, yeah, nicely done. Yeah, that was a nice touch. Um, so ten thirty one nineteen ninety eight is the last uh, segment. This to me was I I don't know why it's my favorite. I, I couldn't pinpoint, but I the biggest problem I had with it is you these were the most likable characters. I, right? I totally agree. It was just four friends. They're getting ready to go to this Halloween party or this creepy house. They get there and nobody's there. But they right. start going through and they start seeing stuff. And I love the imagery. Like like when he was looking in the mirror, you saw like a, a, a Samara from, from the ring. In the, and he's like, whoa, whoa, what was that? This is a great haunted house. They, they're not buying. You know, they're like, oh, this is fantastic. It, it, was, it, was, it was some great. Im- and, and again, the found footage on this is kind of contrived. It's in his bare head. Yeah, or it's like a, it's a handy cam and he's got it in his bare right. head. But, the, but there was some great imagery in this. And as they walk through the house, you can see that they're like kind of nice guys i mean they're put it i think they shut the water off in one one scene yeah. like it's running they're so they sure shut it with off. each other here let yeah. me with that you yeah, know they, and they're in this house thinking that this is all like all part of the party that that is a haunted entrance to the party so they're looking for the party they're just there to you know have a good time and they're really being like polite they aren't wrecking things they aren't like these guys in the beginning who are destroying stuff these are some nice guys yeah, they're just know? out to drink a few beers and have a halloween party <laughs> exactly so and they hear this cult 
bolt. They hear, they hear screaming. Yeah, yeah. right. Uh-huh. So, so it goes upstairs, and these guys are thinking this is part of the show, so they start chanting along. Yeah, that was a great scene. It I was. loved when they started chanting with these guys. Yeah. <laughs> and they turn around, what are you doing here? And we're like, we're here for the party. And they're still laughing. Yeah, they're still laughing. About it. They think this is all part of the show. Uh-huh. So, yeah, they, I mean, they get attacked, They've and they escape this place and this is excellent you know great scene as they're running down running out of this place well yeah, yeah. but but like like a demon is summoned yeah because yeah. He, the, the guys that are in this cult because it's like a group of like five guys or four guys mm-hmm. they start flying up into the ceiling and they're not, never right. to be seen again so i i feel like these guys are trying to do an exorcism right I, no, I think they're trying. They're to trying to the bring the, de- the demon cult. in. Oh, is that right? Yeah, so okay. I think I think this subgenre is um, a possession movie. Oh yeah, or possession su- subgenre, um, haunted house, mm-hmm. and satanic cult. I totally agree with you. Yeah, I completely agree. It, it encompasses all those genres. I think that I I want to say they're trying to cast this demon out because isn't that what they're chanting? Like cast him out. Oh, I don't know. So I think oh, yeah, as, you as know what? Getting, you're right. You're right. As they're getting pulled up into the ceiling, I think that's like the demon attacking them because these guys have interrupted the ritual that's going to get rid of the demon, oh, and it's oh, and okay. now it's come up. Okay, yeah, you're right. That's absolutely <laughs> so. Right. So these guys get to the get get out of the house. Yeah, they look it out, and they're like they hear the woman screaming upstairs, and again they really show what great guys they are. They go back up to save her because they think they think that she's the victim. Yeah, you know. But so they not. go. Up, up to there and um, you know they end up getting getting into the they, they rescue her mm-hmm. from these guys who are trying to exercise this demon oh and the hands that are coming out uh, of the wall that was that, so great I love awesome. that and when they get into the basement that's even better seen as they as they escape the house and it's it, it, it's so it's short but it's so effective and like you feel the walls closing in as you're watching this and it's just but they get out they finally yes. get out they get into the car and you know, this lady's like on on the verge of death and they're trying to get to the hospital and all of a sudden the car stops. On some train track? On a train track. <laughs> right. And they, they can't start it. They can't start it. And then they there's this flash and the woman disappears. And she, they see her outside of the car. She's right in front of the car and mm-hmm. she's demonic looking. So right. here comes a train. Movie over. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I thought that was kind of extra. Did they really need to kill these guys? I mean, no. I guess they had to because there needs to be some reason this footage is out there. But, yeah. You know, I, I didn't, uh, I don't know, I, as opposed to, you know, Tuesday the 17th where everyone in that uh, in that segment deserved to die. Because they, they smoke some Because they smoke some weed. Yeah, exactly. Th- this one, uh, I had a hard time. And, and like I said, maybe it's just part of the, uh, this one has very little, um, character development and that's that's what i kind of loved about it is that you know all of a sudden you know there's they're trying to expel this demon Mm -hmm. you know why would they show up at this house so that that didn't make any sense right right exactly um all right did we miss anything i don't think so i think that's the whole movie 56 minutes in all righty what do you think well just like our podcast is getting here this movie is a little bit long yeah and you you say it's probably your favorite segment i think 10 31 98 probably could have been chopped yeah. Actually, I, I think they could have cut that one out. Um, you know, some of the instances of the character development actually does work. We're given enough, enough to imagine what's going on. Second Honeymoon is just awesome yeah. like that. Um, I love that. Uh, and uh, I just uh, I, I thought the in, as like the entire thing as an anthology was really pretty solid. I, I liked all of these. The effects were great. Really good. Uh, genuine scares 
like the especially the first time I watched it I was like moved by this mm-hmm. and uh, you know even some of the things that like made me uncomfortable whatever I think we're supposed to do that mm-hmm. um, so I, I really I, this is a great found footage movie I, I think I don't know if I'd go as far as to say it's my favorite one um, I think that goes to paranormal activity for sure oh yeah but it's this is up there and this does this genre really well even mm-hmm. though again some of the stuff is contrived why would you be doing this or whatever whatever you got to throw that out when you watch this anytime you do found footage sorry i think this is a good movie i don't think it rises to the level of a classic no but uh i give it three stars uh i'm exactly the same i again i was like battling between second honeymoon and 1031 98 of my favorite you know and this one just edged it out just a little bit because i kind of like the you know the bit the big twisty at the end of it sure um which was fantastic um it's a very good movie. I agree. I agree with you. I don't think it's. I don't think it's a classic because there are better. Yeah, and it's got some problems. Yeah, so. it does. Uh, I'm going to go three and a half on this one, and highly, highly recommend people check it out. I mean, it doesn't even have to be for Halloween. I would agree. So, all right. So, uh, coming up next week for episode 84, we are going to talk about the brand new movie starring Nicolas Cage called Color Out of Space, which you can find on Shudder. Uh, thank you so much for listening to episode number 83. Everybody have a fun and safe Halloween and a great weekend. Don't forget to turn your clocks back on Sunday because Daylight Savings Time ends. And we'll uh, talk to you next week.